Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. So let me get this one straight. At the end of this year... We're probably going to leave the EU without a deal because of some fish. And because we're leaving over this tiny point of principle about fish, they're going to put Royal Navy gunboats in the sea around the UK to protect the fish. Have I got this right? We're going to put literal Navy gunships to protect some fish because of Brexit. This this is beyond ridiculous. Gunboats! It's too... No. This is not real. I need I need a lie down. I've had enough. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. Can I be totally honest and tell you a bit of bit of behind the scenes information? There is a list of Christmas songs that I'm allowed to pick. And that is one of the slightly better ones, I think. And, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Justin Bieber, that's what I'm trying to say. Justin Bieber and Mistletoe on Wizard Radio, which I I really love as a song. Mm, I do. Lil Nas X, Holiday Before That. Coming up, how about some Taylor Swift, some Juice World, and some Miley Cyrus, all on Wizard Radio in the next 20 minutes-ish. It's Alec Feldman here. Hi. Hello. It's Saturday again. Have a, having a nice weekend? Is it is it all good? It's like nearly Christmas. That's nice. Yes, yes. Happy days. Hope all is good in your life. And it's been a lovely week. I've had a nice week. So that's good. On the show today, how about this for a menu? Psychic predictions. We will get a psychic on the show before 5pm. I've got some post and I'm going to open it. Plus... I've got really excited at something really boring because it's 2020 and I have I have opinions on Margaret Keenan, the first person in the world to get the COVID vaccine that I need to share with you in about five minutes. Plus, I have a new game for you at 10 past four. I do enjoy coming up with a new game. This week it is called Lockbusters and it's very, very loosely based on the 90s game show Blockbusters that is sometimes repeated on Challenge TV, which is how I know it exists. That is coming up at 10 past 4. Very, I say loosely based, it's basically just got the name and that's it. That's coming up. Plus, I've got a 60 second guide, totally factually accurate, of course, and someone Zooming use on the show as well. And before all of that happens, we need to sit down and we need to contemplate our existences, think about important things such as the things that I have learned this week. In This Week I Learned, that's what This week I learned. I've got three life lessons for you. You're so welcome. Lesson number one, this week I've learned that Christmas shopping is really hard. All the shops are reopened again now, even, even in Tier 3 Manchester. Crazy. And I went down to the Arndale, which is like... If you're from London, it's like Westfield. If you're from somewhere else, I don't know what your local shopping centre is called, but they're all pretty much the same. It's a big shopping centre. And I was trying to sort out Christmas presents for various people and get some inspiration and buy a few things. And all I could get, really, were, were two very small things because I just I couldn't think of anything. I'm really struggling this year. 
to think of what to get people. And I don't know if it's harder this year or whether I'm just less creative at gift giving than I used to be, but it's really hard. And I'm just getting stressed now because, like, because nobody can go anywhere. Everything has to get delivered and that takes more time. And I'm just like, oh my god, nothing I order will be delivered in time. And it's just stressing me out. It's really hard. Like, I was, it was at the point where I was like, I was wandering around Boots the other day looking at various things and there was like uh, a gift set from the the um adult company love honey and i was like is this an appropriate gift for anyone no literally no one why is this here but it's tough christmas shopping is not easy and on a similar note this week i've also learned you know secret santa they're supposed to be serious apparently i wasn't aware of this i'm in i'm in a couple this year and i sort of just assumed like, the whole point of a secret Santa is, you know, you don't know who's giving you a present. You have to buy a present for someone who doesn't know who's buying it for them. And in my experience in the past, you usually get them something a bit rubbish, a bit of a joke, or something that's kind of tacky or really rubbish or useless or something like that. But I, I did this recently, and I was telling someone about it, and they were like, what's a rubbish present? Why did you get that? And it turns out that in some people's view... The concept of a secret Santa is that you're actually supposed to get them something genuinely nice and thoughtful, something that they might actually want, which surprised me because I thought the whole point was that you were giving them something rubbish that they specifically didn't want. But apparently you are actually meant to put effort in and get a nice gift, which I've not done and now I feel a bit bad. But, oh well, I didn't know it until this week, so it's fine. We're over it. Those are, those are two things that I've learned this week that are related to Christmas gifts. Another festive lesson from the week, which is not gift related. This week I've learned that in my favourite Christmas film, the best Christmas film ever made, and possibly, you know what, I'm going to say it, the best film ever made, The Muppet Christmas Carol, starring Michael Caine. Michael Caine, I guess because he's like, you know, he's a serious actor, he was in the Italian job. He didn't really acknowledge the fact that he was acting alongside Muppets. And apparently when they were filming it, he was like, listen, I'm just going to treat these Muppets just like they're actors in the Royal Shakespeare Company. And he was like dead serious, completely deadpan, no like knowing winks to camera or anything like that. Literally completely straight. He treated them as if they were on stage in London performing Hamlet, which is crazy, but also kind of brilliant. I love, I love, I guess, the snobbery of it in a way. But also the fact that that is 100% the best performance of his career. Like, no question. He is amazing in The Muppet Christmas Carol. And anybody that says otherwise is wrong. But, yeah, when he was acting in there, he was he was thinking that he was actually doing some Shakespeare performance. Which is, I thought, I think quite interesting and funny. So, this is what we have learnt this week. Christmas shopping is really hard. Secret Santas, you are actually meant to get people nice things. And Michael Caine thought he was acting in Macbeth when actually he was acting in The Muppets. Very, very subtle difference. Right, going to play you a new Taylor Swift song. This was released literally yesterday. It was very exciting. She surprised us all and she's done a song with Haim, who I really like. This is Nobody, No Crime on Wizard Radio. Taylor Swift and Haim with... Nobody, no crime. On Wizard Radio, it's Alec. A historic week for humans this week because the first COVID vaccines got given to patients, which is really exciting. In the UK, it was someone called Margaret Keenan who was the first person in the literal world to get a licensed vaccine, which is really cool. 91 years old and still making history. So, I mean, good for her. Great news for all of us that the vaccine is finally in existence and we're going to get it kind of soonish. And then maybe, maybe like Q2, Q3, 2021, we might be able to like hug people again. That'll be great. But I take issue with, with Margaret. You know, it's nothing personal at all. I'm just, I'm angry. I'm more than angry, actually. I'm furious that she was the first person in the world to get vaccinated against coronavirus and let me tell you why 
what has Margaret done in her life? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know Margaret. I'm sure she's done lots of things in her life and had a very happy time. But has she done a hundred laps of her own back garden to raise 32 million pounds for the NHS? No, she has not. So why, I ask you, was Margaret Keenan ahead of Sir Captain Tom Moore in the queue for the vaccine? Eh? I don't understand. Surely everything he did, all of that, that walking around his back garden, all of those laps, the boredom that he must have felt, the the tiredness in his body from doing that much physical activity, surely that is more deserving of being the first person in the world to be vaccinated against coronavirus than Margaret from Coventry, who, as far as I'm aware, has not done any of those things. Like I said, I have nothing against Margaret personally. I'm so happy for her that she's got this vaccine. I just think whoever was in charge of this decision-making, whoever decided who got the vaccine first and who was going to be the first patient in the world to get it made the wrong call they should have been straight on the phone to captain tom moore in fact it shouldn't have been like a some i don't know faceless nhs person should have been should have been boris or matt hancock or someone calling up tom moore and being like tom vaccine's here we want you to be the first person they like put it live on tv they get cameras he gets injected he does a big cheesy grin and the thumbs up and goes, I'm vaccinated now, wear your masks, kids. And it's all good. But instead, this this Margaret woman gets it. I just, I feel sad for Tom. Do we even know if he's been vaccinated now? Does anyone know? Has Captain Tom Moore had the jab yet? He is nine, how old is he? A hundred. He is a hundred years old, which puts him in like the top, 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 top group of people who should get it first. But as far as I'm aware, I haven't seen it in the news anywhere that Tom Moore's got the vaccine yet. So what they're playing at, all these people that they're vaccinating ahead of him, what did he what did he bother for? Why did he do it? If he's not gonna get the vaccine first, then I don't understand why he wasted all that time in his garden. I mean sure maybe maybe the NHS was just a good cause that he wanted to raise money for, but I mean I'm in fact I'm certain it was. I'm not saying his motives were um I don't know, suspect. But after all that, come on, you'd think he would be at least in the first five or ten people. I'm just I'm just sad for him, you know? All of that. We do not deserve Captain Tom Moore. He is too good for us, and I hope he does get his vaccine eventually, because this is an outrage. I will be, I don't know, signing an angry petition or maybe sharing an angry Facebook status later about it, because I'm I'm furious. I'm, I'm, I don't really begrudge an old lady a vaccine. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean any of what I just said. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Juice World and the Kid Leroy on Wizard Radio right now. This is Reminds Me of You. Juice World and the Kid Leroy reminds me of you on Wizard Radio. This is Alec Feldman. And now something very interesting to talk to you about. We've teamed up with Nominet to talk to you about the digital jobs of the future. And if you visit thisishow.uk right now, you can take their quiz and find out what role could be right for you. You can also find new episodes of the This Is How podcast every week, which I'll tell you more about in a second, because this is really interesting, right? The nature of work is changing really fast. Some people reckon that over the course of our working lives, we'll change careers like, I don't know, four or five plus times. And that's going to create a lot of challenges. I did a module about this at uni and it was really interesting actually. To stay ahead, basically, you're going to have to constantly upskill. Like learning is just an ongoing process. It's not just something you do at school. You'll have to continue it throughout your whole working life. Because think about it, like new technologies are replacing old ones all the time. Loads of things that used to be done by, uh, by hand now being automated. Think about it, factory production lines, manufacturing, all of these things rely less and less on human input. And that's, I think, going to be a recurring theme with the next few years, actually. And so you'll have to adapt to an ever-evolving environment. And it's going to be crucial. If you want to have a successful career, you'll have to be ready to learn new skills. And the need to continuously develop, I think, will not be any more obvious than in the digital sector. Because the only thing that's really constant in that world is the fact that everything changes, like, all the time. New companies, new jobs just pop up like that. Other ones just disappear. 
again in an instant. Think about it. iTunes killed the CD. Everybody started downloading their music instead of going down to like HMV to buy it. But then Spotify came for iTunes. Bebo once upon a time was the next big thing. And then Facebook stole its crown. Snapchat, the undisputed king of stories. Or so we thought until Instagram swooped in on the story hype, stole its thunder. And that's how quickly change can happen. The rate of change is just insane. And that can be challenging from a human perspective. Because if you're working for one of these companies and everything's changing all the time, that will be difficult. You'll have to keep up. Yes, there are loads of exciting career opportunities in so many different areas in the digital world. And to succeed, you will need to constantly upskill because otherwise you'll get left behind. You'll need to develop as fast as technology does, basically. And I was thinking about this because... You know, I've got a whole career ahead of me and I have no idea where it's going to end up. I want to kind of stay ahead of the curve and avoid getting left behind as well. But I was thinking back to my time at school and I was wondering whether the education system in the UK really prepares us. Number one, for these sort of digital jobs anyway, but also the level of resilience and adaptability and flexibility that we'll all need if we're going to do these jobs. And so I want to talk about it on the show today. And so I would like to hear from you in a little bit. I'll tell you what about exactly. But I feel like I should at this point kind of explain what I'm on about when I'm talking about you know, digital jobs and the digital sector. Because, I mean, I won't lie to you. Those words, they don't really mean much. Yes, they sort of, they're quite self-explanatory. They kind of tell you everything. But also they're completely meaningless. Because, you know, you don't grow up as a child being like, one day I want to work in, in a digital job. Nobody says that. But when you th- actually think about it, the sort of digital jobs that exist are really cool. Loads of people will absolutely grow up wanting to do these things for a living when they're older. Just, you know, probably not use the word digital sector. I don't even know what that means and I'm talking about it right now. But I found out a lot about it because I've listened to this podcast. It's called This Is How. And they're interviewing a guy called Daniel. His job is a creative designer at TikTok. And so what he does basically makes loads of images and videos and stuff that TikTok put out to promote their own app on other social media or their clients within TikTok. And so he gets to be really creative and he's working on like the most exciting, fastest growing app in the world right now. That is a digital job right there. Um, In another episode I heard, there was someone called Natalie. She works at Facebook. And she kind of looks after all of the people that regularly advertise on Facebook. She kind of makes sure they're happy with everything and that they're able to achieve the outcomes they want from their advertising campaigns. And she was saying in her episode, all of her and her colleagues, their qualifications that they've got are all really random. They're all really different. And maybe that's just because, like... They've all been hired because they've got these different, unique perspectives that they can bring to that job. Or it might also be because the skills that they have been taught are just really transferable to the digital career that they've chosen. I have no idea. I don't know which it is. Um, And so that's what I'd like to have a chat about in the next few minutes, if that's all right. Because, I'm again, I'm thinking back to my own time. Like, at primary school, ICT lessons were not, not a waste of time, but... All we ever did, basically, was Microsoft PowerPoint and Windows Movie Maker. And then, you know, you get to secondary school and they teach you a few more hands-on skills. But at the same time, like, we were using creative software that was, like, 10 years out of date. And that was probably about five years ago. So, I mean, Coral, Coral Draw 2.0, anyone? No, didn't, didn't think so. But then, comparing my experience to my younger sister... I think that's even changed in like the last couple of years. Like throughout her whole time at primary school and secondary school, she got taught to code. And that's a skill that's already right now in huge demand. And I never got taught that. So it might have changed in even like the couple of years that I've not been at school. But I don't know. I was just thinking a lot of the time these skills, even if you are taught them in kind of more depth and more useful set of skills, why are they just confined to IT lessons? Why aren't the, all these digital skills that are so useful for these jobs embedded in, like, the whole curriculum? Like, GCSEs, A-levels, 
so much of them is just about memorizing facts and random information but not learning how to solve problems would it not be more useful especially given how fast work is changing maybe schools should teach us how to find and use information and even just teach us how to learn maybe learning how to learn is the most important thing you can learn at school instead of you know the equation for photosynthesis glucose plus oxygen goes carbon dioxide plus water or you know the dates of historical battles that kind of thing is that really important in an education system in the year 2020 gearing up for all the digital jobs that people currently in education now will be going into does our education system prepare us for that a kind of a world of work that's being overrun as we speak by all these agile digital roles i'm not sure that's what i want to know about this afternoon what were your experiences at school in relation to being prepared for all these digital jobs did you get taught things that were relevant for those kind of jobs that you will one day go into was it about problem solving developing skills or was it just memorizing tons of information that you forget as soon as you walk out of the example the battle of hastings was in 1066 great how does that prepare you for a digital career? I don't know that it does, but I mean, you know, good in pub quizzes. So basically I'm asking, how prepared do you feel for the world of digital work based on your experiences of going to school in the UK? I wanna hear about it. If you can tweet me, that'd be great. I'd love to hear about your experiences on at Radio. We can see your DMs on Instagram as well. Or if you wanna go old school, text or email 07807 183 538 or station at wizardradio.co.uk if you want to know all the contact details and trust me there are a lot www.wizardradio.co.uk and also if you visit thisishow.uk you can take their quiz and find out what role could be right for you in the digital sector and you can find new episodes of the this is how podcast they're out every week Right, you get on with that. In the meantime, we'll play Miley Cyrus and Mariah Carey and then come back and talk some more about digital jobs on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny-smelling basement in Manchester, this is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. I have no idea how she hits those notes, but it's impressive. Mariah Carey and Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson with Oh Santa. (laughs) Oh Santa. Uh, Miley did it before that was Prisoner. It's Alec Feldman, 24k Golden and Ren playing before 4pm. And we'll do someone zooming you. But right now, let's get back to our discussion about digital jobs. We've partnered with Nominet for this. And if you visit thisishow.uk right now, you can take their quiz and find out what role could be right for you. There's also new episodes of the This Is How podcast every week. You'll find them on there too. I asked you before, just kind of how prepared your school made you for going into the digital jobs of the future and i guess just be ready for how rapidly changing the skills required of you will be in the future because technology changes at such a ridiculous rate that you're just going to spend your whole life learning new things which is really cool but very much not what we're used to i don't think and so i just wanted to i guess do a quick (laughs) straw poll of what your experiences at school were like so i remember at mine we really were not particularly well prepared for that kind of thing you know it was like i said before just powerpoint and maybe an outdated version of coral draw and shannon i think had a similar experience actually she's sent me a message she says i was literally talking about this with a friend last week my school is so old-fashioned everything from the technology we use to what we're actually taught Like, we use Windows XP on the computers still, and we're taught how to use Microsoft Word 2003. And I've got friends in other schools that learn how to do coding in their IT lessons, and we just learn Excel spreadsheets and how to use Photoshop, which is cool, but it feels less useful than coding, which is really exciting. And I don't know how long my school can keep doing things the way they do, because it is so old-fashioned. Wow, I, I am struggling to believe that a little bit. That is crazy. You're still using Windows XP. I bet you hear this sound all the time. Which is cool, you know, it's a nice sound, but in 2020, that sound should be banished to the past. Should be in a museum somewhere. Because, like, say, even if... This isn't just a digital jobs thing. This is any job. If you go into a job and the most recent version of Microsoft Word you know how to use was released 17 years ago. I mean, I know it word is fairly simple but it's just madness that you're using such outdated stuff because what what are they teaching you what's applicable from that 
now. They're letting you down there. I can understand your jealousy of your friends that get to do coding. I wish I could code. I am so sad that I can't code. I tried to teach myself once, and I, you know, I could teach myself anytime, but it's difficult. If I'd had that grounding in school, that would have been so much more useful. Thank you for getting in touch, Shannon. Joey says, I think my school's getting better, to be honest. Good. Good, Joey. This is what we want to see. He says, we have a coding club at lunchtimes once a week, and I go to that, and I've been getting better at coding. And also, I've done my GCSEs now, so I can use a laptop in class whenever I want, which is helping me a lot. It helps me become better on the computer just because I'm using it more. I'm having to work out how to solve more problems, do more things. One thing I've really realized is that we all know how to use our phones like experts. But when it comes to actually using a proper laptop or desktop computer, I find it so much more difficult. Yeah, I totally relate to that. Like, if, if when it comes to troubleshooting problems on your computer when things go wrong, I feel so in the dark. But when it's... I'm just trying to change something on my phone. That's easy. I don't even have to think about it. I think a lot of people will be the same, actually. So, yeah, knowing the, sort of the nuts and bolts of everything and how that works on a deeper level is also really helpful. So it's good that your school's sort of supportive of all that stuff. Um, Joey hasn't said much about the curriculum itself. That would be quite interesting to know. But at least they are integrating just computer skills and digital skills into their wider curriculum as well, which is cool letting them use laptops in class. I think that sounds like a pretty pretty helpful, positive change. And Harry says, my school does try, so kind of good for them. But I feel like they're just so far behind. It sort of depends on how much you already know, I suppose. For example, I've been teaching myself coding at home for a couple of years, and I think I've got pretty good digital skills. So my IT lessons themselves are really boring. Like, we learn how to make a website from scratch, which I hadn't taught myself. But then I feel like our school forgets that we all use computers and phones the whole time when we're not at school. So we all know way more than they give us credit for. I feel like IT lessons should be set like the rest of our classes. So if you know more, you can actually learn more advanced things. That's such a good point. Because, again, it's to do with prioritisation. Like, at my school, I think, in year 7 and year 8, you'd have an IT lesson once every two weeks. So, you know, it would be once a fortnight that you would get to be taught how to do something you already know on powerpoint um but yeah it was obviously never set it was just like a, in a class with all your other creative subjects but actually it does make quite a lot of sense if you consider it to be a sort of a core skill like english or maths or science they were always set at my school and so it would make sense actually that it was the same it should be put up there on a pedestal with sort of you know the big three subjects and it's not which is surprising and i hadn't even realized that until right now but that's such a good idea harry but yeah i also see your point about meeting students where they're at in terms of they know a lot of the stuff already but it's really cool that you've been teaching yourself stuff at home you are really prepared for the digital jobs of the future but it's just kind of i guess a shame that you've had to teach yourself like i said before I did try very, very briefly to teach myself to code, and I was like, oh, it's too hard. I wish I had got to learn that at school, but I was just slightly too early, which is a shame. This has been a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for getting involved. That's answered a lot of my questions about sort of where schools are at, and it, it doesn't look great. I think there's definitely scope for improvement here. Hopefully, this is something that can change in the next few years as it becomes more obvious how different the skills required by these digital jobs will be so thank you for sharing all your thoughts with me and remember if you visit thisishow.uk you can take our quiz and find out what role could be right for you in the digital world and you can listen to new episodes of the this is how podcast every week as well right it's wizard radio coming up next some lame things have become really exciting in my life and that makes me kind of sad first 24k gold and the baby this is coco on wizard radio i was coming through any day now that was coco on wizard radio salik feldman ren coming up someone zooming you in in five minutes time isn't i mentioned that i went christmas shopping this week um because all the shops have opened back up again because there was there was the lockdown in england in november that's off now so stuff's open again and i went down to the arndale which is generic city center shopping center manchester's version and you know normally shopping centers to me are not very exciting places they're all the same all there is to do is walk around and look at stuff and buy stuff 
I I have not been anywhere for such a long time because there was nowhere to go in the lockdown other than the park. And even before that, like I didn't really have any reason to go to any shops other than the supermarket. So, you know, there's a pandemic on. What, what is there to do? And all of a sudden I found myself in, where was I? I was in an M&S, literally an M&S, one of the most boring of boring shops. And I was just, I was delighted. I was made up to be an M&S in Manchester, Arndale. It was like the most exciting thing that's happened in the last three months. And I don't, I don't know what that says about, about me, about the world, the state of the world right now, that I was genuinely joyful to be in an M&S. But that's where we are. So I was walking around looking at M&S clothes that are, you know, not the most exciting fashion in the world and going wow clothes look at all this i i my exact words actually when i entered this m&s in uh, manchester arndale was wow when did m&s get sexy because it had loads of like fancy shiny lights and stuff and it, just, it didn't look like how i'd imagined m&s to be and i was i was like a a child seeing things for the first time all over again it was madness and i was like in the homeware section looking at looking at crockery i was i was literally looking at crockery there is nothing more boring in the world than crockery like plates and bowls and stuff who cares it's boring but i was looking at it like wow there's so much stuff oh isn't, isn't that one a nice color just just because i have not had this kind of stimulation from an external environment for such a long time there's not normally stuff to to look at and browse through and see. Even in M&S, I just, I felt like I was born again. Was was crazy, had a great time. And that's where we're at. We're at the stage of the pandemic where yes, it might hopefully be over soon, but going to M&S and looking at crockery might just be the highlight of your week. Tragic, I know. I'm the first to admit that. Someone Zooming You coming up next after Ren and Haley on Wizard Radio. Zooming you. Somebody's ringing the bell. And good afternoon. This right now is someone zooming you exclusively on Wizard Radio. It is radio's best Zoom and postcode lottery based game show. And I'm your host in the sparkly suit with the shiny teeth. I'm Alec Feldman. Here's how it works. Someone unexpectedly, in a moment's time, I suspect, will zoom me. This always happens. It's unacceptable, but it just keeps occurring. I don't know who they are. I don't want to talk to them. I don't have to talk to them. But I will talk to them if one of you can guess their identity based on five yes or no questions. If you can, then I will begrudgingly answer the Zoom call and we can have a chat. And if not, then I'll just get rid of them. Hang up. Pretend I'm unavailable. Change my Zoom status to invisible and nobody will, will know any different. And that's how someone zooming you works. All that is left to do is sit back and see if I do get a mystery zoomer today. Is it going to happen? I mean, maybe it's not. If it doesn't, that'll be great for me. Zoom, I'm zoom, 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 zoom. Sorry, maybe Alec, I'll have a week Alec. off. That'll be nice. Zoom, 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 zoom. Oh, zoom, zoom. Sorry, Alec, Alec. That's my zoom. Sorry. That's, let me uh, Oh, oh. Yeah, no, I'm producing a radio show. No, Who was right, it? Thanks. It's my mum. Always zooming oh. me whilst we're on air. Oh. Wait, so is, is, is no one going to zoom me this week? Or we just have to I hang around bit... and wait and see, really. I almost feel a bit disappointed. Zoom, 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 zoom. Is that, is that zoom, for zoom. me? That's yours. Zoom, zoom, oh. zoom, zoom. Oh, zoom, 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 zoom. Finally, I mean. Zoom, zoom, ugh. zoom, zoom. I can't believe zoom, someone's zooming zoom, me right zoom. now. Zoom, 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 zoom. Okay. I see who it is. Okay. I'm ready for the questions now for the mystery, definitely unwanted Zoomer. Okay, is the person Zooming you today a man? Yes, they are. Okay, they are a man. Are they British? Yes, they are. That's a British man. Are They're they right. in the news at the moment? Yes, they are. Oh my God. We're doing it's well. It's a triple. It's a triple. Are they 
political? I wouldn't say so. Okay, not, not political, which means they're also not a politician. Guys, cross off Boris Johnson if that's on your bingo card. Um, <laughs> are they um, the British man? Are they to do with the entertainment industry at all? No, not really. Wow, okay. Guys, it's not Ed Sheeran. Okay. No, it is not. Um, right. So, we have established, James, mm -hmm. that's your cue because I forgot to write down the questions. Oh, we've established that they're a British man who are in the yes, news at have. the moment, but they're not political or a politician and they're not got anything to do with entertainment either. That is exactly what I was going to say, yes. Who is well, it then? If you think you know, 07807 183. 538 is my number. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk or you can tweet me at wizardradio. Who's Zooming me this week? A British man who's in the news at the moment, but they're not in politics or entertainment. Do you want a bonus clue, yes or no? Um, yeah, sure. Okay. My bonus clue is that they... They have a bit of a problem trying to find somewhere to park. That's what I will say. A bit of a problem trying to find somewhere to park. But who is it? If you think you know, send me a message right now. 07807 183 538. We'll find out who's Zooming me just before 5pm today. And coming up, a Christmas song from Dan and Shay. And a not Christmas song, but a very good song from Harry Styles. Right now, though, four o'clock. Let's get your news. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. A country music crispy so Christmas. What's that's not a word? A country music Christmas song is what I was trying to say. I was focusing so much on pronouncing the word country right that I forgot the rest of it. That was Dan and Shane. Take me home for Christmas. Harry Styles and Golden. Before that, hi, it's Alec Feldman. You good? Youngblood and Sasha Sloan playing soon. But now, a brand new game. Welcome to Blockbusters! Are you familiar with 90s game show Blockbusters? I'll be honest, I, I'm not really. I don't know how it works. I'm just aware that it exists because they sometimes rerun it on Challenge TV. But anyway, I've taken Blockbusters, I've knocked off the B, and what have we got? Lockbusters. Because I've noticed that celebrities are taking the mick a little bit with all these COVID rules and they're not really following them as much as they should be anymore. They think they're above the law. I'm talking, you know, your Rita Auras and her dinner parties and her performances in Egypt. I'm talking your Kay Burleys, who's been in big trouble this week from Sky News. But this is a game all about celebrity lockdown breakers. I'm going to give James Gilmore and you as well three scenarios from famous people who have bent the lockdown rules and been caught out. Each scenario has three clues. If you guess it on the first clue, you get three points. If it requires two clues, you get two points. And if you get all three clues, then you only get one point for guessing the identity of the lockdown-breaking celebrity. Does this make sense, James Gilmore? Yes, it does. Excellent. Are you ready to begin our game of Lockbusters? Sure. Then let's go. The first breach I would like to tell you about took place near me, actually. It happened in Tier 3 Bolton, which is in the northwest. Do you have any thoughts so far for three points? All right, so Bolton in the northwest, it's going to be somebody northern. Um... God, all right, all right, let me think. What what celebrities do I know that might be up there? I, I don't know. Next clue. Next clue. The offence was holding a birthday party at their home with 16 friends present. Oh, um, I've, I heard about this in the news. Oh, what's his but name? What was the identity of the suspect? Can I ask a question? Maybe. Are they a... There's not like a boxer or something. 
you're along the right lines. You are getting there. I don't know his name, but all I know is that it was like some boxer, famous British boxer, broke lockdown rules having a birthday party in the north. That is correct. I mean, you, you've got the general idea. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The third clue, if you're not quite there yet, if this helps, their excuse was it wasn't their fault because it was actually a surprise party organised by somebody else. If that helps you out at all, anybody to help you, James? No, I don't know their name. The first lockbuster today is Amir Khan, the boxer. He has been naughty. He's broken the rules. He had a surprise party in his house. He is a lockbuster. That's not his fault. What, not his fault? It's not his fault, no. That there was a surprise party? Yeah. I mean, did he... Did he leave the surprise party and disgusted at being a rule-breaking party? That's the real question. But he didn't. Did he, or, he wasn't the one who invited Instagram. all the people around there. But he did support it when he got there. Well, of course they're there now. They might as well party. <laughs> That's so not they're the official. COVID, they already have. Exactly. All, all of right. the shouting of surprise spreads all the the particles. All the germs. Okay, you ready for the next lockbuster? I am. You currently have zero points, by the way. Oh, great. Oh, I, I thought we'd have at least gotten one or two. Sadly, sadly not. Okay, fine. The first clue for this round. This is another lockdown busting celebrity who got caught out by posting something on Instagram. Oh, I know this. Oh, my God, my mind's gone blank. I need the second clue. They invited a total of 37 people to their house. Oh my god. Um. Wait, I really want to try to get this. Okay, talk me through your thought process. So it's obviously a like a British celebrity. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. Next. Sorry, I'm rubbish at this. Okay. The third clue. If you get it on this one, you get one point. The reason they'd invited 37 people to their house was for a Thanksgiving party. Oh, definitely not British. Um. Oh, my God. The thing is, I've seen this. Is you know it? it? Can I give it a guess? Yeah, go on. Is it? Like Kim Kardashian. One of those syllables is correct. Okay, it's, but it's a Kardashian. No. Okay, it's Kim. It's no. a Kim. It's not it's... Kim Jong-un, no. It's Car. Yes. Karen... Karen? No. Not Karen. I don't know. Alec, I don't know. <sighs> The person who had 37 people to their house for a Thanksgiving party and posted it on Instagram and got in trouble was Cardi B. Oh, Cardi B. Cardi B has not been following the rules. And finally, I think you will get this one. This lockbuster broke the lockdown way back in lockdown one before it was cool. Okay, I think I know who it is. Okay, do you want to... Tell you what, if you message me your guess so that anyone playing along can still keep playing and I'll tell you whether or not you've got it. Let me post. Alright, I've just sent it to you. Oh yes, he's got it. Oh, I got it in one. Got it on the first clue. Bing, 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 bing. Well done to you. If you haven't yet worked this one out, I can tell you that this person drove halfway across the United Kingdom despite being COVID positive. And finally, this one will give it away if nothing else has yet. They decided they were going to test their eyesight at Barnard Castle. It's Dominic Cummings. He is the third lockbuster today. And at the end of the first ever game of lockbusters, James, you got three points. How do you feel? I really... Potential nine. I I stole it there in the last round, though. Mm, That was was a good one. Mm. You did well there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, and remember, mask up, 
don't break the rules and if you do don't get caught and that was Lockbusters I, I don't know whether that'll, that'll ever return but I had a nice time right coming up next I've got some posts to open so I'll open it on the radio why not first Youngblood and Machine Gun Kelly with Acting Like That Wizard Radio Blood and Machine Gun Kelly Acting Like That I think Youngblood is awesome Really like that tune. Sasha Sloan is coming up, and NSG and Mabel, her Christmas song too. But now, I just felt like opening some posts on the radio, because why not? I don't get posts very often. When I do, it's a it's a rare occasion. It's very exciting. And this week I've received, it's sort of like a... Like a... A small box, but it's not really a box. It's like... A folder almost, yeah. It's like a folder, but it's also an envelope that's got my address on. And it's from, because they've said on the outside, it's from the University of Leeds, where I graduated from only, oh my god, six months ago. And so I thought we should rip it open because I'm excited to see what lies inside. You know, it's it's a bit chunky. It's like the width of a very short book. And so... I cannot wait to discover what lies inside. So let's rip it open. Okay. It's got like a little thing that you can pull like on an Amazon package. Hang on. Okay. So inside, it opens up. Oh, that's nice. It is It is like a folder. We've got a thick piece of card. It's a letter. Congratulations on graduating from the University of Leeds. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, uh... Blah, blah, blah. General filler. Oh, okay. This is fun. This is fun. I'm pleased to enclose this gift of a Leeds alumni pin. There's a pin in here. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Leeds alumni pin, which Leeds alumni across the world wear with pride. If you see anyone else wearing one, you'll know they went to Leeds too. And there is actually a pin in here. Oh, that's so fun. I'm going to take this out of the bag right now. It is, it's a tiny little, like a badge that's got a crest from the University of Leeds. It's got, I don't know, probably some mythical creatures on and a book and, and a badge. <laughs> They've sent me a pin, that's so cute. There's also a letter, another letter, which I think is, is casually reminding me that I should probably give back the library books that I still have. Like, guys, come on, there was a pandemic. Leave me alone. Uh, they've invited me to to join in LinkedIn learning. I'm all right. The main bit I'm excited about in this package, I think, is this pin, um, which I love just as a concept that they're trying to introduce like a little elite secret sign so that, that me and all the other people that used to go to Leeds, we can wear our badges wherever we go and be like, oh, Leeds, and, you know, use it to trade in favours and stuff. <laughs> what, a, what a nice idea. Although, uh, does every university do this? Like, uh, does anybody actually wear these pins? I'm not sure. I don't think I'll be wearing it ever. It feels like a bit of a, a slightly pretentious thing to do, to wear a pin from my university. But you know what? Very nice of them to send it to me. What a lovely gesture. A pin! I've got a pin! Where shall I put it? Shall I, shall I wear it right now? I'm going to put it on. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I feel like this doesn't really, really go with hoodies. But I'll, I'll put it on anyway, because why not? And then if I go to, like, Sainsbury's later, anybody else at Sainsbury's will see my pin and be like, ah, he went to the University of Leeds. Wow, this is the best thing I've ever been sent. Christmas has come early. Yes, see, the pin, the pin is now on my hoodie. I look so cool. Wow, I'm so glad that I chose to open this package on the radio. I should open posts more often. Maybe more exciting things will come out if I do. Oh, a pin made up. Right. Sasha Sloan on right now. This is Is It Just Me on Wizard Radio with Charlie Poof. Wizard Radio playing Sasha Sloan and Is It Just Me? I'm Alec Felburn. Hi. Coming up, NSG, Mabel. And before 5pm, we find out who's Zooming me on Someone Zooming You, the mystery Zoomer that will be revealed in the next 30 minutes or so. Right, I have discovered something it's sort of it's sort of a discovery sort of just a memory that resurfaced i can't remember why this week and my mind is a little bit blown are you familiar with the band take that off of the 90s and then 
a reprieval in the noughties. Songs such as Shine. That's that's take that. Gary Barlow, Jason Orange, um, some other ones. Robbie Williams, all in the band. Take that. And Robbie Williams, I have my suspicions, might be a psychic. Hear me out. Do you remember the year 2017? It was three years ago. And on New Year's Eve 2017, for whatever reason, I don't think I had anything to do that day, that year. Was it 2017? Might have been... Yeah, it was, tw- it was 2017. I had no plans that evening. It was, it was actually quite sad, to be honest, but there we go. And so I remember being sat at home with my sister... And you know how on New Year's Eve you can watch the fireworks on BBC One. There's always a concert as well. I mean, not not this year. But back in the day when there wasn't a pandemic, they'd do a concert on BBC One. And they'd get some pop star that generally appeals to, like, slightly more middle-aged people. And they'd do loads of songs on New Year's Eve. And then they'd, they'd have to stop. They'd get interrupted. They'd do the, like, hey, happy New Year, bong, bong. And then they'd go back and perform some more. And during the, like, big firework display, you'd often get to see them the person doing the concert going like celebrating new year all that kind of stuff robbie williams was performing in 2017 he was the new year's eve concert and i distinctly remembered because i remember noticing this at the time and thinking it was really weird when the clock struck midnight and everyone was celebrating robbie went down he was like hugging the audience and high-fiving them and shaking hands with them and then they showed him going back onto stage and I remember him him whipping out this little bottle and like squeezing it into his hands and rubbing them together. And what he'd done is used hand sanitizer after he'd had to touch all those members of the public. And I thought at the time this was really funny and really, I don't know, just a bit of a diva thing to do. It's like, ugh, the public, disgusting. I need to wash my hands now. But I'm wondering now whether Robbie Williams knew something that we didn't. What if he was just preparing as early as 2017 for the coronavirus pandemic that he knew was coming? What if Robbie Williams is psychic? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he is, but, you know, back in the day, hand sanitizer, yes, it existed. But did anyone really use it very often? I don't think so. But he was. He was on the hand sanitizer hype three years before there was a global pandemic when all of a sudden everyone's using hand sanitizer. I bet he was stockpiling for years before the pandemic hit because he just predicted it. He knew that any one of those members of the public could have given him coronavirus and he had to use the hand gel to protect himself. Robbie Williams a psychic and you know that's quite an impressive thing to have used hand gel three years before all of a sudden everyone is using hand gel. Maybe he's a psychic Maybe he just made a prediction that there would one day be a massive virus that you'd need to protect yourself against. And then it just happened to come through. I know Robbie Williams also believes in aliens and stuff, and that hasn't come true yet. But maybe there's time. Maybe he knows more than we think he does. So today, I want to know if you, much like Robbie Williams, has ever predicted something that then actually came true. Have you made a psychic prediction if you have, send me a message right now, 07807 You can tweet me at WizRadio. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk. Have you ever predicted something that has then actually come true, therefore making you officially a psychic? If that's you, let me know. You could be like Robbie Williams. I wonder if there's any other clues in any of Robbie Williams' performances about what might happen in the future. I should go through those and check. Coming up next, NSG, they're a rap collective. They've done a song called Kate Winslet. And I needed to know the, the, the truth on that. I needed to dig down, find out why they've done a song called Kate Winslet. So I've done lots of research and I've prepared just 60 seconds of pure factual information about NSG. So let's hear it right now. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Rap Collective NSG have taken a leaf straight out of Duck Sauce's book and named their song after a middle-aged, maybe slightly older, female actress. But for Dope, a member of NSG, the song takes on a much deeper meaning. He has, ever since he saw the Titanic for the first time, a massive crush on Kate Winslet. Some would say virgin on an unhealthy obsession. 
He wrote her fan letters when he was a child, and more recently, he attempted to slide into her DMs, albeit somewhat unsuccessfully, using the line, Are you the Titanic? Because you're going down! And she blocked him. So, a song is the last chance for Dope from NSG to get Kate Winslet's attention. It's not clear yet whether or not Kate has heard this track, because she's believed to have moved to a remote island that has no phone signal or internet to just kind of wait out the pandemic. But, even though the chances of anything happening romantically between the pair are quite low, because Dope is 20 years younger her, and she is married with three kids, he's still optimistic. That is NSG in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. Mabel, loneliest time of year on Wizard Radio with NSG, unknown T, Kate Winslet is the name of the track before that. Avenue B and Lowski before Mars Mikulski at five. And Robbie Williams is a psychic. It's official. Three years ago on New Year's Eve 2017, when he was doing a big performance, he high-fived loads of members of the crowd. And then as soon as he did, had a massive squidge of hand gel, rubbed it in. He knew. He was using hand gel before the rest of us. I think he might just have predicted this pandemic and that's why he was doing it. And I asked whether you've ever made any, I don't know, psychic predictions, I guess? Predictions that have later come true, therefore um, making you undisprovably psychic. Benny's been on, says, I'm not even lying, Alec, but I predicted that the Avengers Endgame film would become the most successful film of all time. I just I just had a feeling when the film was announced, it was just so obvious to me that it would beat Titanic and Avatar and become the highest grossing film ever. And I was correct. A lot of people I know didn't think it would be as successful as I did. Obviously, everyone knew it would do well, but I just saw how much hype there was and I called it. And now here I am without any money because I didn't actually put a bet on the prediction, but with a lot of pride. Well, as you know, Benny, as a regular on this show, Pride is the best prize of all because it's the only thing that the budget here can stretch to. So whenever you win anything on this show, you get lots of pride. And so I think you should you should take your pride for successfully betting that Endgame would become the biggest film ever and be happy with it. Be grateful for your pride. Stop being so ungrateful. I think take the pride, enjoy it, put it up on a shelf or something. Savannah says, I get deja vu the whole time which I kind of think is sort of like being a psychic. Because isn't Deja Vu basically what happened to Raven Simone? I have a lot of dreams that also come true weeks after I've dreamt them. Once, I predicted my friend would break her leg in a dream I had. Her leg was in a cast. It was really random. The dream had nothing to do with her breaking her leg, but was in a cast. Then two weeks later, she broke her leg. I think I have a bit of a psychic streak in me. Listen, Savannah, I... I'm not with you on the first bit, because deja vu is like the opposite of being psychic. Deja vu is like thinking something has already happened. That's almost like a reverse psychic where you predict the past, but but like being psychic, you have to be able to predict the future. However, this thing about your friend breaking the leg, that that is psychic. That is impressive. That's like... um. What's that story in the Bible? I know it's a really random, <laughs> random reference. I think it's also a musical, which helps. Joseph. Joseph had dreams and his Technicolor dream coat, and they came true, which means that you are like a modern-day version of the biblical character Joseph. Uh, use your power wisely, and if you have any siblings, maybe maybe don't trust them. They're, they're, they're not good. They'll do bad things to you. They're not your mates. But that's cool. Did, you, did your friend ask why you didn't warn her? <laughs> she was going to break her leg because I'd be a bit annoyed if you'd predicted that and dream and not told her and then she breaks her leg. Although I suppose once a prediction is set in stone, you can't really change it, can you? Maybe there's an interesting ethical debate to be had here, but that's for another time. Josh says, I predicted that we'd have a global pandemic. Ah, you and Robbie Williams, you both knew. I didn't predict the actual coronavirus, Josh said. But last year I was obsessed with pandemics because loads of scientists were saying that we we were nearing one because we over-medicate people. The medication that we currently use won't be so effective in the future. One day there would be a virus that was stronger than what's currently at our disposal. And then Bill Gates said something as well about a pandemic happening soon. So I was like, we're going to have a mass pandemic in the next few years. And no one believed me and then BAM! COVID-19! Admittedly, I didn't think it would come quite so soon. 
but I thought it would happen. Yeah, you see, all of these things that you learn about in the abstract, you're like, oh, I mean, they're going to happen, but, but not yet. Sometimes it is yet. Yet is now. Think about climate change. Everyone's like, oh, no, if we don't do anything in the future about climate change, it might be bad. But what if it's happening now? What if it's already happening? But that that's not a bad prediction. I feel like that's that's almost an informed prediction from Josh. Because that's not him just kind of conjuring something out of nowhere. That's him doing all the reading and research and being like, yes, I think that this could happen soon. You're not quite on Robbie Williams level. He just knew. There was something about the way he had that hand gel, the way he used it that New Year's Eve three years ago. He knew that something something very dark was coming. So you are you are all slightly psychic, but also you're not quite on Robbie levels of psychicness yet. Except Savannah, that was awesome that you can dream your friend breaking your leg. Her leg. <laughs> that was quite impressive. Okay, I think it's time to put you out of your misery and we will find out who is Zooming me this week. Someone Zooming you is coming up next on Wizard Radio. This is Avenue B and F2020 with Jesse Reyes. Zooming you. Somebody's ringing the bell. Ten minutes left of the show. Mars Mikulski's up in ten. That leaves us just enough time to find out who was Zooming me or someone Zooming you this week. A mystery Zoomer who I did not invite. They just they just Zoomed me out of the blue. I'll only answer their Zoom call, which has been going on for about 55 minutes now, if one of you can guess who they are. The clues this week, they're a British man. They are in the news at the moment, um, but they're not in politics and they're not in entertainment either. Who is it? Who on earth is Zooming me today? B has sent me a message. I know it's... A man who is not a politician anymore, but used to be, and importantly, he was mentioned on your show last week. Is it Ken Livingston? I think your clue, your bonus clue about him not being able to find anywhere to park was actually a red herring. Because Ken Livingston, as heard on the show last week, was spotted walking around the park. Same word, different meaning. Have you finally tracked him down? Ugh, I wish. If you missed this last week, um, I've had a long-running obsession with the disgraced former mayor of London, Ken Livingstone. You don't need to read too much into it, but I just really wanted to track him down so he would buy me dinner. But it never happened. It was very sad. We came close a couple of times, but, but, but never quite made it there. But no, he's not Zooming me, sadly. I wish he was, so I can just ask him so many questions. So much to ask him. Like, why do you keep talking about Hitler on the TV? But... It's not him, so that'll have to wait for another day. Not Ken Livingston, but thanks for playing someone Zooming you, B. Do join in again next week. Matt says, is the person Zooming you Banksy? Okay. Explain yourself, Matt. His theory is as follows. He's a British man, I think. But we all assume that much. He's in the news at the moment because a new painting appeared on a house in Bristol, which is from him. People who are buying their house have said that they're not going to pull out of the sale or something along those lines. I've always thought about how Banksy physically gets to locations that he does the paintings because if he parks nearby, then someone would get his license plate, track down his real identity. So I reckon that he needs to try and park somewhere nearby and walk so he's not spotted. A loose connection? Maybe. But a good one either way. Wow, that's that's a lot, Matt. So you're saying you think it's Banksy... Purely because Banksy needs to park around the corner from where he's doing a painting so his number plate doesn't get recognised. Um, maybe. I mean, I reckon he's probably got a personalised plate anyway. You know, B4NKSY. Banksy. I mean, that would be a terrible idea, but you kind of would if you were Banksy. You could afford it. But is it Banksy? No, it's not. He's not Zooming me this week. I wish I had his, his Zoom number, but alas, it's not him. I do admire your slightly confusing parking-based logic there. Really taking the bonus clue to heart today. Tanya says, is it Boris Johnson? He's a British man. He's always in the mood. Oy, oy. He's not very entertaining, and I don't count him as a politician because he's rubbish. To be a politician, you need to know about politics, and he clearly does not. The parking thing may be about him being in Europe to negotiate the Brexit deal, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. He was going to negotiate Brexit, but couldn't find anywhere to park. So, to turn around and go home, and that's why we're putting gunboats in the sea or something like that. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not Boris, but thank you, Tanya, for playing. 
and Rich. Is it Captain Tom Moore? He can't find anywhere to park. That's why he keeps walking around in circles. But um, <laughs> nice one, Rich. A good guess, and you're actually not far off. Captain Tom Moore, who was not one of the first people to get the COVID vaccine, I'm furious, is actually nine years older than the actual person who's zooming me today. And Zoe has got it correct. She says, I saw this in the news literally this week. Is it the 91-year-old man who got the COVID-19 vaccine this week, who, when interviewed about it, said that he had trouble parking to get the vaccine and then didn't like the lunch he had? He ticks all the boxes. I think his name was Martin Kenyon. Zoe, you're not going to believe this. You are absolutely right. You are the winner on someone Zooming you this week. As mentioned about 10 minutes ago, you can have some pride for that. Well done. Put it up on a shelf. The person Zooming me is Martin Kenyon. So, without any further ado, let us answer the Zoom call. Martin! Hello, Martin. Are you there? I rang up Martin. Uh, Guy's Hospital. Guy's Hospital? You rang up Guy's Hospital? No, no, Martin! Martin, you're not talking to Guy's Hospital. You're, you're on Zoom. I'm Alec Feldman. I'm on the radio. Now, who are you? I just said I'm, I'm Alec. I'm, I'm, I'm from the radio. How'd you do? Hmm. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure Martin is fully, fully with it, to be honest. I don't think he knows what's going on. He seems to think he's called the hospital, but he's actually called me on Zoom. Uh, old people and technology, what are they like? Right, listen, Martin, I think it might be time to leave it here because, um, well, you, you don't seem to know what's going on. But, but well done on the vaccine. I hope you find somewhere to park soon. Bye, 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 Martin. Oh, well, Martin Kenyon, everybody, on Wizard Radio, very briefly. Right, I think that's about it for this week. I am exhausted from all of the fun, so I'm going to need approximately seven days to recuperate. Let's do it again at about three o'clock next Saturday. Sound good? Nice. I'll catch you then. Weekly mixtape on Friday, by the way, at three o'clock. There are some tunes this week. I'm going to go quite Christmassy, but like old school Christmas that we get. And if you missed any of the show, podcast, always available wherever you get your podcast from. Alec Feldman, the podcast. Check it out. I'll see you next week. Miles is up next. This is Low Skin Storms, the flavor on Wizard Radio. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. We'll